This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, a major Postal Service reform bill makes its way to the president's desk. A new report looks at what DHS could have done better in the days leading up to the January 6th attack. And there's already pushback from VA's biggest employee union on its plans to close certain facilities. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. A major reform bill expected to save the Postal Service more than $100 billion passes the Senate. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has some of the details. The first major USPS reform bill to make it out of Congress in 15 years heads to President Joe Biden's desk for his signature. The Postal Service Reform Act eliminates a 2006 mandate for USPS to pre-fund retiree health benefits. It also requires all future postal retirees to enroll in Medicare Parts B and D. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says the legislation gives the agency relief from an unsustainable business model. Because of today's bill, the Postal Service will be stronger, more efficient, and better able to serve more people. And we did it on a bipartisan basis. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Could DHS's intelligence and analysis wing help better prepare the government for the January 6th attack on the Capitol? A new inspector general report says while INA identified specific threat information related to the events that day, it did not issue any intelligence products about them until January 8th. The IG says inadequate training was the main culprit and made five recommendations to improve that and its review processes. Some good news for the Department of Homeland Security's acquisition programs. The Government Accountability Office found most DHS programs are meeting their goals. That's despite management issues and COVID-19 delays. GAO says 20 out of 29 programs at DHS were meeting their program baseline goals as of last September. Still, five DHS programs exceeded their cost or schedule goals, or both in some cases. For example, the agency's next-generation biometric system continues to face delays and cost overruns. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is hoping to give agencies better guidance on zero-trust security. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. CISA is updating its zero-trust maturity model to better account for current programs and services. That includes the Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation Program. Officials are looking to update the CDM program to reflect both the zero-trust security push as well as agencies' ongoing cloud adoption. CISA also published guidance on how to adopt zero trust for mobile devices. This comes as agencies race to develop implementation plans under the White House's new zero trust strategy by the end of this month. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. U.S. Space Command is new to the military, but it's grappling with some heady issues. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni explains. Eccentric billionaires, rules of engagement, and space debris all sound like ideas from a comic book, but they're the challenges U.S. Space Command is taking on in its third year of existence. Testifying before the Senate Armed Services Committee, the command's chief says multiplying space junk is one of the areas Spacecom is putting a lot of its resources. Spacecom has seen the amount of debris outside the atmosphere almost double since it started tracking the objects. The military wants to team up with corporations to clean up some of the space trash. Scott Massioni. 
Federal News Network. The Senate Armed Services Committee approves a handful of important Defense Department appointees. The committee voted through Robert Storch to be the next DOD Inspector General. Others getting approval include Lester Martinez-Lopez as Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs, Christopher Lohman as Assistant Secretary of Defense for Sustainment, and Peter Bashar as General Counsel of the Air Force. However, DOD will have to wait a bit longer for three of its top political appointees to get to work. After having gotten unanimous approval from the Senate Armed Services Committee, the nominees to be the Pentagon's number two personnel official, the Army's top installations official, and the Air Force's Assistant Secretary for Manpower and Reserve Affairs hit a roadblock on the Senate floor. Senator Josh Hawley objected to confirming the nominees by unanimous consent yesterday. The procedural step means the Senate will need to vote separately on each nominee, a process that could take a while. The National Defense Industrial Association is looking for a new leader. NDIA says its current president and CEO, retired Air Force General Herbert Hawk Carlisle, plans to leave after a nearly five-year tenure with the association. Carlisle came to NDIA in June 2017 after retiring from the Air Force after 39 years. NDIA has created a special committee and brought on executive search firm Russell Reynolds Associates to identify a candidate to succeed Carlisle. The association expects the new president and CEO to be in place by April 1st. A committee that sets pay rates for blue-collar federal employees gets new leadership. The Office of Personnel Management names a former director, Janice Lachance, to serve as chairwoman of the Federal Prevailing Rate Advisory Committee. In this role, she'll advise the current OPM director on compensation rates for trade, craft, and laboring federal employees whose pay is set according to local prevailing wage levels. The National Federation of Federal Employees says it supports Lachance as the committee's chairwoman. The Veterans Affairs Department's largest union is raising hackles over a plan to trim back VA facilities. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. The final plan isn't yet released, but already the American Federation of Government Employees says the closure plans would deny veterans their preferred choices and force them into a patchwork of private care and lengthen their wait times. Secretary Dennis McDonough is expected to announce the results of the VA's Asset and Infrastructure Review, or AIR, next week. The review is required by VA reform legislation in 2018. Tom Temin, Federal News Network. And a new progress report on data centers shows more consolidation and less optimization. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. Agencies closed more data centers in fiscal 2020 and 2021 than expected. This led to more than $873 million in savings or cost avoidance, bringing the total of the last decade to $6.6 billion from the data center initiative. The Government Accountability Office found that while agencies closed more data centers than expected, they struggled with optimization goals. Of the 17 agencies it reviewed, GAO says nine met all four optimization targets, like advanced energy metering and server utilization, while three others met three of the goals. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.